Warning, this episode contains strong language. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes Utah Jazz Talk. It's I, Hootran, at Hootran Superman. Just some enjoying some self-isolation. I think other people are having troubles. As an introvert, I am having a great time. <laughs> uh, I, get to do, I get to do Zoom meetings or like not even meetings. I'm not even at work. I'm just Zoom hanging out with friends. I can I can just I can sit and watch movies. I can turn my video off and I'm like not interact with people at parties. It's great. Um, I had a good time. Um, uh, I'm here with um uh, the the extrovert of the family, Mister Go the Distance Forty Nine. Nice, Jerry Barkley. I'm What's up, a, Ken? I'll have it be known I'm not a true extrovert. This is just a, a public face that I put on. Okay, all right, a public <laughs> facade. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, uh, well, uh, it's, it's been a, a quiet week for Jazz Nation, but that's that's fine. Um, uh, we decided to bring on um, uh, Dallas Wood at Tarkin Tangents. If I, I want to make sure I got that right, Tarkin Tangents. Um, you did. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm uh, probably a, j- a Jazz Twitter OG. What's up, Dallas? How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I uh, the Twitter handle is based on Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars podcaster now. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, um, uh, tar- <laughs> uh, uh, so. We usually this do Skype. Audio. We usually do Skype audio. Uh, I don't even have clothes on, and I'm. I saw my video is off, but I get to see Jared and Dallas on their video, which is awesome. Behind Dallas, he's got a bunch of like Star Wars, like like action figures, pops, some on uh, nice shows. Yeah, so oh, dude, your office is much better than mine. Mine's that's all cluttered. Only like, that's only like a quarter of the collection, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally is. Jared, I, I own a car dealership locally here in Utah, and Jared bought a car for me. He was sweet enough to buy a car for me way back when, but we were friends well before that, so I took good care of him. But um, uh, he came, he got to see the collection in person. It's it's quite extensive. My oh, wife yeah, I, kicked it out of the house, basically. <laughs> I'm sure this is just this is just for the the podcast show, so people can you know you have the aesthetic of people seeing uh, Star well, Wars stuff when you. We we do a segment on our show, and it's the at Batamovators pod, part of the Making Star Wars podcast network. I legally have oh, to say that now. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, we do a segment called Who Got What? And um, up until COVID-19, I had a streak of not missing a week of getting something new in my collection. So we go into describing like what we got and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just, you know, so Jazz Nation knows um, my latest acquisition was a Kia D. Mundi 20-year-old, three-and-three-quarter-inch figure from The Phantom Menace in perfect condition. It's a mentor. Oh, oh wow. It only cost me $7. It's kind of a crime <laughs> that I could buy a figure that cost $14 20 years ago for 7 <laughs> So, Star Wars, is that the one with the little wizard boy? Yeah, that <laughs> wizard guy and some other wizard shit. Space wizards. Space that's, wizards, That's exactly. one of my favorite... Uh, that's one of my one of my favorite Swansonisms is uh, when he says Star Wars. Is that one? Of, is oh, that yeah, the one with the little yeah. wizard? Oh man, I love. Oh, um, that, that's the best thing about uh, Swanson, man. Like <laughs> him, him not giving a crap about pop, pop culture. culture. Yeah, like him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, Ron Swanson is who we're referring to. My favorite TV show. Yeah, I mean, I mean the people oh, don't. Badass, if people did not get that reference, they're dead to me. Like, I'm like, yeah, if you don't get the reference, I'm not gonna explain it to you. <laughs> you know? uh, you hear that uh, they're producing the producers of Parks and Rec and The Office are doing a new series called Space Force with Steve Carell. Oh yeah, on Netflix. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I do remember. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Space uh, Force. Because uh, it was sort of like um, uh, um, 
I mean, when it came out, because uh, then tr- the the presidency announced that they were going to have um, a space force as well. So it was kind of uh, good timing on their part. Come <laughs> <laughs> <Little bit>, chime in. <laughs> I'm in. Anyway, uh, to ask guys, what's yeah, up? Yeah, <laughs> so um, uh, no, that's great. I'm, uh, we're we're going to learn a little more about Dallas later. Uh, we do have some small jazz tidbits we're going to jump on real quick. I mean, it's hard. I mean, where there's no basketball being played, we're literally scrounging to get any information. Uh, we're one day away from a month with no NBA. It's been, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Like, I was talking to a couple of friends today. As I was like, yeah, like, and they're like, wow, has it been a month already? I'm like, it's, like, it's always been a month, hasn't it? Like, literally one month. So, yeah, one day away. Um, probably when this actually, this podcast drops, it will be on the day that, um, uh, the day that Rudy Gobert, patient zero, killed the NBA and the entire world. God, can you believe the people on Twitter that are like just vilifying the dude? Can I believe it? Yes. Um, Especially since Twitter hated him already, man. (laughs) Twitter. I think NBA Twitter hates Jazz Twitter in general. (laughs) It's weird. It is. We talked about that. Like they hated Rudy so badly since he cried, man. It's like, dude, he was crying because of his mom crying. Shut up. Like (laughs) he's human, guys. Weird. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm, uh, I think, I mean, a lot of fan bases will probably say something like, I mean, Devin Booker fans, everything, you know, it is what it is. It's like someone comes at, someone comes at your, um, uh, uh, hey, Ed, to the minimum, like, Devin Booker sucks. <laughs> he does suck. That guy's a, sh- a good player on a shitty team. If he went on a good team, he wouldn't win shit. Don't at me. <laughs> All right, so Jazz Nation. Um, uh, so right now, the big news, I guess, I, big news to, I guess, some people. Um, uh, GM Justin Zanuck, uh, Jazz GM Justin Zanuck, interviewed for the uh, Chicago Bulls, uh, what vice president, probably of operations job. Um, so, yep. and some people are freaking out about that, you know. But some people are okay with it. And um, uh, Jared, I know that like, you saw tweets. Yeah, Woj is zeroing in. They're zeroing well, in on wait, the hold on a GM second. now. Let, 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 before we go to the Justin Zanuck stuff, can we talk about how there's a jazz Woj rivalry? <laughs> like jazz oh, fans are, like for a week they were, dude, this week is like worse like, than when Lakers fans were at Woj's throat. It's like because jazz fans are just that more that much more butthurt about something that's way less important. Like <laughs> right. Like if Donovan and Rudy get along <laughs> right now. Like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, again, like we're, we're in like this like premature offseason that we're not ready for, that none of us were ready for. And so right. yeah, we got to really build up. Yeah, Donovan versus Rudy. Uh, Jazz fans versus Woj. Like, oh, my God, Shams is getting all the tea now. And then the last week. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Donovan said he had to cool off. They hate each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can you be pissed at your friends and still be friends? Yeah. Right. Yeah, God. you can like have a feud with your friends for like a year, <laughs> like Still or years. <laughs> and then uh, you listen to Joe Ingles' podcast, and he's like, "I love all my teammates." <laughs> okay, because like, like Woj, uh, not Woj, uh, Ingles is so good at like just some, uh, it's, like taking whatever jazz fans are insecure about and really like oh joking about it. And like, yeah. Oh yeah, he well he. He doesn't seem like he's twisting the knife as much recently. Like he legitimately had a tweet, like uh, was I don't know if it was yesterday or today or yes. or two days ago. I don't know. They all ran together, where it said like, "I love, 
Like he, he made goes, some jo- crack about his teammates, and then it's like at the end, he, it says, uh, "Don't read anything into this, guys. I love all my teammates." The joke was like something was saying about making a reality show with him and Donovan, and Joe was like, "No, I would have to hang out with him more." Then he was like, "Haha, guys, this is just a joke. I love my teammates." Because like that's what Joe does. Like he knows that people are freaking out, so he just he's like, I mean. I don't know. I think that's twisting the knife pretty pretty well there, Jared. I don't know if he's back. I, I don't here. know, but because he actually said, "Ha ha, I love my teammates," instead of just leaving it, because then he could just be like, "Bah ha 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 ha." I mean, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows he, he's trying <laughs> that's to like what he point meant. out. Yeah, he's pointing it out, and so that's fine. But anyway, back to um. Uh, so Jared, um, you want to explain like the tweets that you saw on Twitter about um, uh, how Jazz Twitter or Jazz Nation is handling this Justin Zadek news. Oh, dude! Like people, people's like they're like, our dog is dying. Our dog is dying. Like, I don't know. Um, let's see, random tweet that I saw in there that made me go, what? Um, oh yes, uh, somebody who shall remain nameless because I'm not trying to shame them. Uh, he um, he was just talking about how losing. Losing Zanuck wasn't even a coup because, um, because of what happened with the Bucks and everything like that, and how that situation exploded, and they seemed smart to let him go. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting take. Like, I mean, people going the other way with it when other people are like, oh no, we can't lose Justin Zanuck. He he authored what could have been the most successful offseason in Jazz history, which. Let's face it, like it looked on the on the face of it, it looked like the most successful offseason. Now it's looking like, oh man, we've been had and people are like, Oh no. I mean, oh, so no! a lot lots to unpack lot to, There's a lot to unpack there. Like, first of all, so let's um, uh, let, let's go back. Uh, Dallas, how do you feel about the job that I mean it's a very small sample size. It's basically one off season with Dennis and Justin Zanuck. How do you how do you feel now in retrospect about that offseason? Bogdanovich, end right? of discussion. Yeah, you've got a you've got a Bjorner. that was a huge get, huge get. Oh, dude, he he was. That was a coup. That honestly, it's worth taking on Mike Conley's contract just to have gotten Boyan for like dude, eighteen million a year. Like people, people were bitching about how much that we were paying pickup, Boyan. Yeah, did people discounting that pickup. The Pacers could afford him at that price. Yeah. So the fact that he got them at that price, it's the biggest free agency acquisition in Jazz history. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and again, we couple that like my, apparently people are. I mean, not apparently. People are still kind of off the Mike Conley bandwagon. But really, if we look back again, numbers support back, it that he's good. I'm sorry. I, I mean, the Jazz gave up a couple bench players. Um, a rookie that I mean, Grayson Allen's future as a jazz man looks very limited. Uh, yeah, a he's a bench picks. player. He gave up a bench player for Mike Conley. I mean, and yeah, he's like, not doing much with the Grizzlies either. Like he's no. not letting, lighting the world on fire. Yeah, John Morant is like John Morant I mean, helped unlock Triple J, man. We just right? don't know him. Uh, we just don't know him. Uh, I think Triple J was well on his way to be well no, and good anyway. But I but, think um, no. But I think Ja like really helped. Uh, like the fact having a a competent young point guard who, you know, runs the runs can run the floor more than Mike because Mike's getting up there. Like that really helps. I think 
fought Foster Triple J along and Triple J's fouling less this year. He's he's looking really good, man. He's looking really oh, good. I, I, the sad part is Mike Conley in the last ten games proved that he had learned the new system under Quinn. I think I'd, the numbers I'd support that. that. No, the numbers support it. Yeah, good. and his I mean, plus it's, minus, it's, dude. Yeah, uh, back to our like original point. So I mean, the Jazz. I mean, yeah, Jeff Green didn't work out, but again, it's a minimum contract that you're throwing a dart at. Sometimes the dart doesn't <laughs> stick. It is what it is. Uh, a minimum Mude, contract, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Imani Mudiay hit. I mean, on a minimum contract for uh, you know the Jazz traded Dante Exum for Jordan Clarkson. Um, Ed Davis didn't hit. Again, but can, can we talk about, about the fact that Jazz fans didn't bitch as hard as they thought they would about Jeff Green actually looking halfway decent for the Rockets? <laughs> I thought they would bitch so much harder, man. They totally ignored that fact. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is. I mean, like I, I give no thought to that. Too, but like I didn't know where you were going, and then you said Rockets. Like, oh yeah, he plays for the Rockets. I'm sure he does fine there. I mean, it it is what it is. Like it is. It's a non. They don't play defense. Yeah, it's a non factor. Yeah, that's true. In my head. Um, but yeah, so if you had to. Except grade, for James Harden in the post, dog. If you had to grade. Um, <laughs> yeah, went to the face. If we had to guard. Uh, Jared. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm switching up the Dwight Howard in the post, dog, with, <laughs> with, with uh, James Harden in the post, dog. <laughs> you're killing me, man. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely drunk. My jokes aren't that good. <laughs> if, we, uh, if we had to grade Justin Zanuck's job, I mean, it's at least a B, right? Like for the small sample size, like maybe it wasn't perfect, but it's a pretty damn good job, way above average. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing well. Absolutely. I- I'm going to defend to the end of the earth that the bogey signing was one of the best signings we've made since Carlos Perzu. I, I, I mean, I just. Think, yeah. Like, Just the fact that yeah. not only did they get Mike Conley, but they got Mike Conley and Bojan in the same offseason. In an yeah. offseason where going into it, a lot of Jazz fans thought, okay, it was either going to be Tobias Harris or D'Angelo or Mike Conley or somebody. And they got two huge pieces. Now, yeah. they, did have to, they did have to get rid of a lot. And I, I, the tweet that Jared had mentioned earlier, it talked about him gutting the team and the heart of the franchise. Um, but I love you know, favors. I love yeah. favors. That's really what it's about. It is. A, a lot of people have the, the favors colored glasses on. And um, uh, it, it, I mean, it would be great if the Jazz could somehow get favors at a. Dude, favors colored? That seems kind of racist. What the heck? <laughs> anyway. Who's drunk, Jared? Um, but um, uh, if you can get favors at a mid level exception price, that'd be great. But right. at an 18 oh, price, as a backup center, I mean, it's just it doesn't seem feasible. So the hey, Jazz, Jazz he'll be back. He'll be back. I'm telling you right now. Well, I'm well, telling well, you right well, now. He'll be back. That more. When uh, that contract, I'm, I'm telling you, he still has the house in North Salt Lake where I live. Yes. <laughs> Breaking just news saying. here. All right. Hey, mark that down, Jared. Wednesday, April 8th, so we can go back and look at the episode. <laughs> there you go. Dallas, you are a <laughs> uh, a pretty big jazz fan, I assume. 
Uh, when did that start? I've had season tickets since 2007, so I'd hope so. <laughs> no, he, he, he's small time. Small potatoes. I'm small only potatoes. But I, <laughs> only 2007. Only 2007. Only 13 years. Yeah, <laughs> 13 years. I'm, uh, so, yeah, like, I'm, uh, when did your dad kind of start? Like, what teams somebody did you grow up with? Um, what teams? Like, so, I moved up? to Utah in 1988 when I was 10 years old. But my family was from Utah, so we weren't Warriors fans. I, I was born in California, but, like, I've lived here my whole life. I'm 42 years old. I've been to the Salt Palace in person. Oh, it's like a veggie center. Who hasn't? No, no, but like to (laughs) hear the brass band is like special. If you understand jazz brass band, the original brass band that played in the Salt Palace. Oh, dude, that sounds awesome. Like, no, we have that anymore. Just a brass band. Like, I always say that. Like, when they brought the drum section through, I think it was like 2012, 13, when we had that drum procession from uh, Utah Valley State University. Uh Oh, that shit was great. Why they quit doing that, I don't understand. Oh, I don't understand why why they didn't keep on my dude, uh, DJ. Oh, dude, what was DJ's? What's the DJ's handle? Shit. I can't remember his Twitter handle. No, no, the actual <laughs> DJ who, who was the DJ for the jazz in like 2017. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he DJ Juggy. Yeah, DJ Juggy. Yes. DJ Juggy. He's legit, man. Like, he is. That's were freaking amazing. And I'm like, the jazz decided they didn't need a DJ. Like, no. Wait. It's probably the so, old people complained. In 1988. I went to a game with my uncle at the Salt Palace, and he knocked out the player, the tuba player of the jazz band. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> um, dude kind of got mad at my uncle and pushed my aunt. And oh, that, oh no. That, that deserves to be knocked out. <laughs> right? Like aggressively That's... pushed her. So he's kind of a calm guy, but. Yeah, the tuba player in the original jazz band at the Salt Palace got knocked out by my six foot five foot uncle. Oh dang, your uncle's huge. <laughs> He's huge. He played offensive probably... line. I'll call it Snow College, oh, just for reference. Gotcha. Oh, dude, so he's he's legit. Yeah, because Snow College they had they had a look a lot of good linemen, a lot of big linemen. But anyway, yeah, yeah that was fun. <laughs> I mean, that, that's OG. I mean, Salt Palace that's is OG. Uh, yeah, the Salt Palace is OG. I'm yeah. way back in the day. Golden Eagles, all that stuff going on at the same time. Yeah, the Delta Center was a big improvement. Let me tell you. It wasn't cramped. <laughs> it wasn't well, cramped. having been to the Salt Palace, even without, you know, a court and, and everything like that, you can tell how cramped it would have been. Like, I can't like, get over the weird dark curtains they had on the outside field. And also, if you're an OG Utah resident, you realize that ACDC was banned from their concert in that, in that arena. <laughs> <laughs> it was too small for an ACDC concert. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, and the, then they exploded. And <laughs> thanks to Larry H. Miller who, for for Billy. Like, if you read um, uh, Jordan Genesee's book and a couple other books about how, like, just that all came about to get that new stadium is really important for the Jazz. 
Such a great book, by the way. Oh yeah, so good. I mean, yeah, we're, we're so trying many to... good stories, man. We we were lucky enough to talk to him. It was freaking awesome. Dude, great episode, by the way. Uh, oh, thanks, thanks, man. We are so I'm uh, talking about jazz. Like I'm uh, so you came over in '88. Obviously, you lived through uh, the night. Like, what do you remember about that? Like late '90s run about for the Utah Jazz. Like anything I'll stick up besides the, the, the shot. '91 season. In particular. '91 season. Yes, because like. Not 91, um, the 92 season, when the Rockets beat us in the Western oh. Conference. Was that 93? 92? Oh, that was like the beginning of my Jazz fandom, so I'm have to look that, I would have to look that up. So give me a second. Yeah, I, I was that pretty was young. Man. I, didn't, I didn't actually so move here until like 92. So. Well, Vernon Maxwell hating the Utah Jazz fandom <laughs> is real. <laughs> Fuck Dude, that, that guy. Is... Fuck Murdom. Sorry if I'm like swearing on your podcast, but no, we'll Murdom Maxwell deserves tag. that shit. What was that? One more time. Vernon uh, Maxwell deserves that shit. He's, he's, he's just saying, fuck that guy forever. Yeah, a bench his... player getting over on us because he won a championship off the bench. Relax, bro. <laughs> Yeah, Vernon, I guess the whole thing. Sorry, like that's bringing up all kinds of emotions. Yeah. It's been going after us lately. Yeah, of emotion. <laughs> I I probably started watching basketball in like '93, '90, like probably around those years. But like, so my early memories are the '95 to '98 teams. Oh, and Vernon Maxwell was still on the yeah, oh, yeah. You know, you know the, the Jazz getting um, a Hornacek obviously changed, and the Daniel Marshall and coming in a trade in the off season. Uh, just a bunch of little things from the late nineties. Well, I think I think part of the reason he hates us so much is because he he got raked over the coals, and because he was he was still on those teams that we be the, the team that we beat in the conference finals, right? Yes, I, I distinctly okay. remember Vern Maxwell being on that. I team, think but. that's why he hates. I think that's why he hates us so much, is because like that caused him so much pain. Well, that well, that see, I don't know. That's weird because like he was on the teams that won championships the two years prior. Yeah, but he's a salty and, bitch. Like if you read his, read his absolutely. Tweets. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like, I don't know. I just it's weird for me to think that. I mean, I think he knows what he's doing, and and, and it's, it's oh, funny. he absolutely yeah. knows oh, what yeah, he's doing absolutely. because because that's Rockets' bread and butter. Is like we're one of their most hated rivals, and so he's just stoking the flames to try to get Rockets fans to buy his shit. <laughs> Darren Williams is Tracy McGrady's kryptonite. I'm just gonna oh say God. that. Oh, I, those teams were so fun to watch. Like, we, we talked, oh we talked about the 07 team a lot on this podcast about how I, I, I lived through the '97 and '98 teams, but for me personally, the 07 08 teams were the best we've ever seen. I'm sorry. I, I know the John and Carl fans are out there. I'm with you, but those teams with Memo Boozer. Williams were the funnest to watch. I'm sorry. Well, we were we were doing stuff that like we'd never done before. We were shooting more threes and hey, just imagine if Sloan, just imagine time, if Sloan had, yeah. had unleashed Memo like fully, so Memo was shooting as many threes as Steph or something. That'd be crazy. To this day, even... my my favorite jersey is my powder blue Memo jersey in my collection. Ooh, that's that's a that's a good that's a good. Jersey to have. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. even um uh, like a Kirby unleashed. It's like I got frustrated when Sloan would run um uh, Kyle Korver off the harping curl at the free throw line. I'm like, oh just not right. Instead of a three at the top of the key, <laughs> just put like, it out four feet, motherfucker. Sorry. I know. Just like I was like, yeah. I was like, come on, come on, Jerry, <laughs> come on, Jerry. Um, but yeah. So I mean, because I I think 
I think anybody that's our age, and you know, unfortunately, Jared is an exception to this rule because he wasn't there for it. But um, anybody that's kind of in those like the mid thirties has the same feelings about the 07 team because it was like, oh, we have hope again. It's been ten years since Carl and and John. Um, yes. We had we had a legit superstar. We had a, arguably the best point guard in the league at the time. And Darren AK Williams. AK was special, and I regret complaining about his jump shot years later. Because when he would shoot a three, it was like, oh, my God, don't shoot it. But now I'm, like, <laughs> thinking, God, his slashing and his defense in this system with these players, oh, we could use that. Oh, Definitely. man. And it's just, it's, it's, it is sad because uh, I mean, we're like not going to talk about those like One uh, thing plus. that quarantine has done for me is NBA TV did a week on Thursday about two weeks ago where they showed old games and I watched Carl and I went, oh my God, he would fit in so well with this team right now. Bogey at the three. Think Carl about it. Carl at the four. Carl in this era would be shooting up, shooting tons of threes. Mid-range gobbling. Yeah. <laughs> three. He can so, shoot like, the three. He just never had the green light. <laughs> yeah, pretty much no one except for Brian Russell and Hornacek had the green light. Well, John John could pull the trigger, but John Brian Russell would it. kill it in today's NBA. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah His defense was elite. I wouldn't even say they had the green light. They just, I mean, it's just one of those, like, those little guys that could make it. So they had him out there, but they were, you know, it's like Joe Ingles. Like the three point shot is like the last thing he looks for. Oh, right. <laughs> So, dude, dude, you, uh, if you go back and watch that 98 series and I, I, re- I remember reading some Antoine Carr tweets about how like their spacing was basically a long mid range shot and yeah. like seriously, the top of the key, uh, just above the free throw line, like that was a spacing shot for them and you totally see it. You see Carl go to the rim, they crash down on him. So he throws it out to the big, big man, you know, big dog, and he shoots it and makes it. And, you know, that was creating spacing. And I'm like, just imagine if you put that a couple feet back and then we get a couple extra points. And Antoine Carr could hit a top of the key three I, consistently. I'm convinced. I, I agree. Like, because he, he had long, he had range on his shot. I mean, you like, can't see my face, but here we are. Ten, you know, We talked about, you know, the 2007 team that's 10 years later running the same exact play. Even though it was ten years from nineteen ninety seven, <laughs> yeah. right? You know? I'm well, telling you, that team was ahead of its time. That's oh, what yeah, separates no. Jerry and Pop, though. Like Jerry, Pop is more was was more adaptable because I don't think he is as much anymore. Plus, he has less talent to work with. Right. Uh, but and Pop made some questionable Team USA decisions. Like pff, you said, Bam out of Bam out of Bio Home. What the freak is wrong with you? Like. Like we saw what a monster Bam was this year, and it's like he would have totally been a, a much better inside presence and whatnot. And get well, the, get Myers I mean, Leonard the f out of there, man. We, we don't really we shouldn't grade people on mis- mistakes or decisions they didn't make because no one bats a thousand, you know. So, I mean, he. I think I think Pop gets better. I think out for no. All, I think Pop is kind of washed. I think Pop is washed now. It's just my opinion. Me too. I, I mean, agree. That team was already that team. That team's the fact that it's held on as long as it has is a, a testament to how well that culture is run there. I mean, oh, yeah, even, I agree with that. True. Yeah, no, yeah. but I think their GM is washed too because they they've made some really questionable decisions in the last few years. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously drafting money is decisions. money decisions. 
Yeah, the mon- the money, the throwing the bag at Pau Gasol was a freaking huge mistake. Like all, all those kinds of things. But um, uh, you know, talking. I mean, I do love talking about the 07 Jazz because it is, um, the '98. It's it's kind of a cheat code because well, like, the '98 team was great, but that 2007 Jazz team was just so fun to watch, and it was because like, just think of the love people have for Donovan Mitchell now, and if we yeah. had. Social media was as big back then, man. Darren Williams, right? Stands that. Oh yeah. Um, I don't hate on Darren Williams at all. I love I, that dude. Yeah. I love him. I've never booted him in the arena. Oh yeah, I, I, that, we talked about this. That's a, couple a good episodes. move. Like never, never. Like he's just one of those guys that he left. It was sad. Um, it was just. I don't he's think he really Utah deserved. his whole career. Yeah. I don't think he deserves. His kids that go to Utah got, schools. Man. I mean, yeah. come on. Wait, he is back in Utah. I thought he was living in Dallas. Like, no, Park City. No. He owns oh, part he of Park's Ark in Taylorsville. Oh, nice. I, yeah. I am uh, like the year after he got traded. I was at a concert and we got into like this like VIP section at USANA, I think, or somewhere outdoors. And I was just like, oh my god, that's Daryl Williams over there. And I was just too nervous <laughs> to talk to him. But like, yeah, because I, like, I was just like, oh my god, like. Daryl Williams, oh, like it's funny and okay. So this is a mini topic that we're gonna hit here. Um, Jody Genesee talked about how he doesn't think any jazz fans or jazz players should have their jersey retired, but there should be like a ring of honor type thing to honor, you know, Jasmine, but without actually like losing the, the ability to have that jersey number, right? Um, Which makes and, a lot of sense, like because I think D will deserves to go in the ring of honor and and uh, yes. AK does. Right. Yes. But so, like, but we're in the Jersey retirement uh, uh, business right oh, now. Are we going to debate this? Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I want to get your guys' opinions. Do you guys think? I Darren kind of Williams, side with. Do you think Darren Williams should have his jersey retired? Like, uh, I side if, with Jody a little bit in that I don't think we've retired so many jerseys that I think it's kind of okay. But like, put, put that aside. Just, I mean, we we have Jeff Hornacek up there. We have Marky, and we have those guys up there. Is what Darren Williams did in Utah, does his accomplishments mean his jersey should be retired? Or do you think his accomplishments are not enough to be retired? I mean, if we're going by normal jazz standards, yeah, he should be retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Mer- Maravich is retired, and, like, he didn't do shit in Utah. <laughs> like, he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. I mean, it, it, it's a combination of what he did in New Orleans and um, as... Uh, our friend, a college say, player. College he's like player. the worst NBA player of all time. But um, uh, yeah, oh, so. he definitely wasn't the worst NBA player of all time. I I, I would highly dispute that fact. I think Riley, he was Riley, well, like analytically, Riley calls him the worst. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Empty yeah. numbers he put up. Well, the funny, the thing about that, I think the problem with that is, is that there was no three point line for so much of his career that you can't really, you can't judge him the same, like as you would. A lot of modern players, so it's just yeah. Um. Uh, so I mean, if Darren Williams, so Darren Williams' accomplishments are enough to oh yeah make a jersey retirement. So I mean, that probably means Rudy Gobert is then like if Rudy Gobert stops playing basketball tomorrow, his his accomplishments. Um, See, uh, and I think Rudy will end up getting it. I think the only reason they won't give it to Darren is longevity, because he was only here like what? Well, that, that's why I said if Rudy, Gobert, if, if Rudy Gobert ended now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because like that same impact. If, <laughs> yeah, but if Rudy Gobert ended now, they I don't think they'd retire his jersey. Interesting. I mean, that's. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, 
a one-time All-Star, a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'd retire his jersey. I don't know. They should. I mean, if Darren Williams is going to be in there, then what? Rudy okay, Gobert okay. Hey, let's let's time. do a Logan. Let's do a Logan debate because he keeps saying that he hates Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> um, who who do you want to choose? Which team would you choose if you're forced to choose between Rudy and Don? I know what my answer is. What is your guys' answer? Between Rudy and Don, I mean, yeah. I would take. I mean, the, depends on what the factors are, I guess. Like, am I trying to? The factors keep are the who are who are you? Who, the fran- franchise can only keep one. Who are you keeping? And okay, but am and I trying the to fa- keep the franchise happy for the next five years, or am I trying to keep the franchise happy for this year as our best chance to win a championship? The, this year's our ch- best chance to win a championship. Let's go with that. Okay, then Rudy is this year's best Rudy, chance. Rudy, no brainer. Yeah, that's okay. not that's not hard at all. Yeah, but if if I if so, I want, yeah, if, if, if I okay. So, so neither of you ascribe to the narrative that Rudy and the playoffs don't mix. Rudy's our center version of Carl Malone. Uh, I think that um, uh, yeah, Rudy, because like the team is built around Rudy right now. The team is built around what Rudy brings to to the table, and then let's say you have the trade Donovan, you can get pieces for Donovan that are complementary to what the Jazz do. You can get, you can trade either of them to get pieces. I think I think Donovan has w- tons more value on the market too, but that's neither here nor there. I think they both have. I think you get pretty good pieces for both of them. Um, more, you know, it's subjective, but I think I'm. Uh, yeah, you maybe get a little more because that's. I think Rude. I think uh, Donovan, you know, just his, his age, his personality, is more marketable, and that that's important too. For, for a franchise. The fact that Donovan seems to um, uh, treat Utah as a place that he can be here for his entire career. Jazz fans need that. Jazz fans really need to have that security. And Gordon Hayward, I think, hurt a lot of people. <laughs> and a lot of Jazz fans have not recovered from that betrayal, it feels like. Uh, Dallas, do you have any do you have any thoughts about um uh, like Gobert, Donovan, like for the future, for now? Like what do you think? I think they'll be fine. I think this was a uh, well. I mean, like I'm yet- pissed that you didn't take this seriously type moment, and it'll all get back to normal once um, everybody is like kind of uh, back into their normal routine, so to speak, in the NBA world. When that's in June or August or whenever it is, that's that's my theory. Gotcha. I well, think yeah, they'll but, be fine. I think but, uh, it's just a, a a small spat that's been blown out of proportion. Right, right, right. But like, I mean, so you you don't think there should be a team Rudy team Donovan debate or no, are you no, that at no, all? not at all, not okay. at all. All right, but so I mean, we talked so talked about Rudy Gobert's supermax extension coming up, and if that hampers the Jazz in the future, and if they make because there there are people on Twitter thinking that this really financial taking it to the max. That I'm a, he, I don't think he takes the max. You number don't think one. he takes super max, really? No, he hasn't yet. He hasn't yet. He could have taken it last time, and he didn't. Well, so why would yeah, he take he it? Could have t- well, because I'm a, more money last time. That's true. I mean, I'm a, it, isn't it I'm a, a matter of if the Jazz could offer it I'm a, a little bit later? Like, it would still kick in at the same time, but whenever the Jazz, because it's the same thing with the Donovan extension, as long as Donovan signs that after a certain date, the Jazz will have this much cast pace to play with in the off season. 
The track record for Rudy has proven that he will take less money to make the team better. So I don't see that not continuing. And I don't think I don't think the Jazz would offer the supermax at this point. I no, just don't only Donovan. Don't, yeah. We'll get that. I agree with that. Only Donovan. Yeah. Because you, Donovan so, is way more marketable. So if you're Rudy's agent, though, like Rudy's agent's got to be telling you, you've got to push for sure. Supermax. Yeah, right? yeah, sure, sure. But he deserves the, it. Yeah, but, sure, sure. But if the he Jazz won't take... even offer it, that's it. I mean, if the Jazz don't even offer it, Rudy's a prideful guy. Does that does that cause problems not getting offered a Supermax? I feel like they have handled Rudy well enough in the past that they know how to navigate this. So I'm just going to leave it up to them. I mean, yeah. I mean, because these are worries too. Like not being offered Supermax could cause problems. It, these are honestly, this conversation is spurred by the Hayward mishandling, yeah. and I feel like they they have remedied that since then. And so we need to go off their track record of like the last four years, basically. So can I can I take this full circle then? Because this is a, a Zanuck thing, right? This is a GM yeah, thing yeah. and yeah, a Dennis Lindsay yeah. thing. Um, Say Justin Zanuck leaves after one year. Um, do you feel worse about the Jazz front office, or do you feel like it, with Dennis Lindsay still being VP, um, that it would be just fine that they can find somebody else as good as Justin Zanuck? The latter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we can. That's I think we. Pro- I think we'd. A- I think we'd end up promoting from within, and we would. We'd still be really in a good, really good spot. But- the track record of this current front office gives me no doubt they will make the right decision. Because I, I think when people talk about the offseason, I think a lot of credit and a lot of people still credit Dennis Lindsay as being the the puppet master, the guy pulling all the strings. Yep. You yep. know, Justin Zanuck is now the, the GM. And yep. so, I mean, it's obvious to like Justin Zanuck, a lot of people were like, well, this would be a bad move going to a worse team. But Justin Zanuck well, would be getting when, a promotion plus yeah. getting plus more get power. Plus he his own thing. Yeah, he, he's not, he doesn't have the power he has that he would have in Chicago yeah. that he has here. Let's, like just be a, let's just say that Justin Zanuck's promotion is one in name mostly because he went from being assistant GM to a GM, but still basically <laughs> yes. it feels like he's doing the same the stuff. Way, the yes. way I look at it, the way I look at it is in, in terms of hierarchy with the Jazz is because when Lindsay and, and Zanuck describe the process, they talk about it being group decisions. And I think Lindsay still has the final say when it yes. comes down to it. Yes. Cause, cause people were saying, I'm trying to remember which episode we were talking about. Um, uh, like not, yeah, the bench, the Mike Conley benching and that whole weirdness surrounding that. And, uh, people were, he was, he was just talking about how like the, the, that reeked of Dennis Lindsay and Dennis is the one that, that wanted Conley and blah, 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 blah. And you know, that uh, there's, it seems like there's a little bit of, a little bit of truth to that. So I don't know. Yeah. So it feels like Dennis Lindsay is like the main cog of the jazz front office yes. that I think people need to worry about. Like Justin Zanuck interviewing with somebody else is concerning. Uh, Justin Zanuck by, from what we believe, uh, from what we believe from last offseason, is going to be a good GM. He's done really well. He was sought after, but he does have some blemishes on his, like, the, you know, talk about him being fired from Milwaukee and not getting that job. Um, that, 
yeah, just certain small things that I think jazz fans are a little, I mean, we're worried about a lot of things just because there's just no basketball. And so, you know, yes, you got to make mountains out of molehills. So All we're right. bored. Right. That was, that was a long way to go to get some Justin Zanuck talk in there. But um, uh, again, we're talking panic we're talking. surrounding the Zanuck. Yeah. <laughs> Zanuck, I mean, panic. Jazz fans need a Justin Zanuck. <laughs> uh, at one point, um, uh, Jared did have his Twitter name uh, was No Panic uh, Zanuck. So, right, I, that was about, so. I don't even remember what that was about. So, was uh, so that was good. just about that people were freaking panicking about the season going downhill. Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. Uh, before we get to um, uh, some jazz talk, I want to throw you guys an idea that I threw on Twitter and some people, I don't know, some people hated on it, but I thought it was a, a pretty good. So Grizzly, this, is, this is for Grizzly fans. Um, uh, Cause there's talk like Dave Miller was like, Hey, we should have a chance to uh, compete for the eighth spot, but the Grizzlies have a three and a half game lead. Now I don't think this is going to happen because I think when the two things, when the NBA comes back, uh, they need to have some buffer games to yes. get back in shape. They've been gone for almost, they're going to be gone for almost two months probably Yes, when they get back. So they're going to need some games to get that rust off. Number I, two. I would say just give the Grizzlies and, uh, Grizzlies and uh, Blazers a, a best of, best of three series or something. Well, we'll, well, we'll get to that in a second. I we'll like the that. idea of the top four in East conference getting a bye. Okay. Oh, that'd All be right. fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, so the second thing is that I heard David Locke, and I didn't hear the whole thing, so I don't know the whole context, but I heard David Locke say that the NBA really wants to hit the 70-game threshold yes, because um, uh, of like just like revenue and stuff. Like That's how they hit some of this revenue. If they hit 70 games, they can call it a good year or whatever. And so that's yes. another important number, 70. So, the, I mean, the NBA is pretty close to hitting 70 games. So having just a one game elimination tournament for the eighth seed doesn't seem very fair because the Grizzlies have a three and a half game lead. So my idea, and is again, it's going to get scrapped, but I just want, I want some validation here, like to have 11 and 10 play a single elimination game. Winner of that plays number nine. Winner of that plays. So basically the Grizzlies would be in the tournament, but get a, a, a buy to the final. Now logistically. Uh, yeah. Be, yeah. 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 That'd be cool. That'd That's be cool. actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. Logistically, it wouldn't work idea. because the Jazz, the, the Jazz, the Grizzlies would only get one game to prepare, and whoever, you know, again, this would somehow mean they would all be back on the same level playing field. But I just feel like I feel for Grizzly fans because a lot of people are talking because they they want to see the Pelicans, they want to see the Blazers, they want to see anybody but the Grizzlies in the eighth spot, and they're <laughs> finding ways to like screw. I'm like the Grizzlies. I don't know. Have, I don't know why people want that, man. The Grizzlies right? are so fun to watch. Right. Well, I mean, the Brandon the Clark built and off, the NBA is built off star power. You know, Zion, Damian, you know, uh, all those guys. And but yeah, I don't feel like the Pelicans have really earned shit though this year. They're and Zion is he's he's food on defense, man. Yeah, but no, who cares? I mean, the the NBA fans don't care. I do. 
Well, I know, but like, but NBA fans want to watch Zion dunk. You know, like, there's a reason why this guy is. He's gonna... not gonna dunk because they're gonna shut him down in the playoffs. Uh, and the, I mean, the Pelicans' credit. I mean, without Zion for you know uh, half their season, basically, they still got pretty close to the eighth seed, and I think they've earned a chance at it. But I feel like yeah. they need some sort of benefit if they do a tournament, which again I don't think they will. There needs to be something built in to give the Grizzlies an advantage over other teams. That's just my point. I, I, I like your idea, man. I do. I really do. But again, it's logistically not going to happen. Anyway, um, uh, so what we're doing um, uh, in quarantine, in self-isolation, uh, you know, uh, Dallas here talked about the uh, NBA TV playing old. Was that, was that John Stockton's birthday when they were playing old games, old jazz games? Yes. Watching yes. Um, uh, oh, yeah, it was yeah, last was. Thursday. Right, right. Yeah, we've been um, we've been going down memory lane. Uh, we're we're talking about retro jazz teams that we'd like to talk about. We talked about the 09. Oh yeah, his uh, birthday is April second. I didn't even realize that. He's an yeah. Aries, bro. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we did 09 2010 last night. We're we're doing a team that actually this is a team that I really like, the 2003 2004 Utah Jazz. So this Jazz team was the team that. Um, was the team right well, after? Well, Utah Stop. as they were bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were the team <laughs> right after. Stop. I want to float it out there that this might be a Jerry's favorite team. Jerry really? Sloan, that is. Really? Oh, because I, they're I, such I, a. Because they were a dog team and they won like yes. forty-one games or something when they were yes. had an awful roster. They were scrappy. They were starting Carlos Arroyo. <laughs> right. They were scrappy. It was fun. I tried to look it up. I uh, uh, I was trying to figure out who the Jazz were going after that offseason. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I felt like this is the year that the Jazz tried to go after uh, See, Jason Terry not... and Corey Maggette. Yes. yes. Um, uh, like oh, them, they were one hundred percent. They signed Jason Terry and Dallas matched it. Yeah, they just had uh, they had so much cap space, right? And they were just and dude, the so much. Like, they were we signing we people for like that Dallas Dallas championship team if we signed away Jason Terry, damn it. Corey McGetty, like, I mean, the thing is, I I, actually... Corey McGetty wanted to come to Utah. Remember that, guys. He wanted wanted the money, at least. (laughs) Yes. Like, let's put that into the lexicon of jazz fandom. Corey McGetty wanted to come to to Utah. I'm trying to think of how good Corey McGetty was or wasn't, because I don't think he was he seem he like was a good, memorable player. Man. He was good. He wasn't great. You know, he wasn't he great. Was, okay. He was good Th- enough. I, that's like, what I would go with. That was what it's I would a Bullion type good. signing. I don't even know if it's oh, is it, oh god. Like I thought it yeah, sounds like a little not, less than a Bullion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway. Slightly less. So the Jazz made went swung I, for the fences for some B plus guys. Guys that they hope to become like Boozer and O'Curl. Like guys yes. that, Yes. Hold on a second. Jerry, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Doing? I was just getting Making some ice. I'm going to pop a. I'm going to pop a. No, I'm going to pop a freaking Dr. Pepper. Okay. <laughs> Jared is always doing something in the background of podcast. Anyway. Um, yes, I ruin everything for who. Where Where are we? Um, I don't so know. The, You're in Ogden somewhere. Or Clinton. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Jazz are um, making moves to like they put a lot of money into guys that weren't stars that they hoped that they could turn into superstars like Boozer. Yes, 
Yes. Uh, I don't know if Terry and McGetty, but I mean, they, at least they tried. Daniel they, Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. Back in the day, they had seven days to match the offer sheet. So not only did the Jazz not get the, the, the targets they went after, they lost seven days. And they, 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 I, they don't, I don't know if they signed. Uh, I'm trying to see who they signed. Um, wait, so Daniel Marshall was stayed with us that year, right? Yes. Uh, let's see. So oh, they lost out on Stockton. They got uh, Scott Padgett left. The Jazz lost everything. They, they, they lost I did everything. control and Scott Carl Malone was that year. <laughs> I just left, right? Carl Malone, I'm a. Carl Malone went down. I'm a, uh, uh, to the, to LA, and John Stockton retired. So this O3 team, yes, again, we talked about how they were supposed to be bad, just bad. Um, but um, it no turned lie. out. When I did pass control in Scott Padge's house, he had a stat sheet on his bed, like his nightstand, right next to his bed. <laughs> of oh, all his like stats? Oh, yes. oh, all stats. Okay. Hey, yes, no. it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, here we go. I, I got it. So the Jazz that year, they drafted Sasha Pavlovich and Mo Williams in the second round. And, yes, um, they did. Mo Williams, the signed Alabama fame. They also signed Michael Ruffin, Ben Hagnotten. Oh my Harris God, I forgot about Michael Ruffin. <laughs> and the Jazz traded for Keon Clark, who I thought was going to be huge because like Keon Clark had some was, big years, right? And then he just he he really fell off the map, like just fell off the map. Lame out. Yeah, Lame like out. He, he got hurt and this never the same. But that Jazz team, I mean, again, this is a Jazz team that they thought were going to break. Records for being inept. I mean, look at the uh, list of Roger Carlos Royal, Roger Bell, Curtis Borchard, who we talked about earlier. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, oh uh, he was drafted. Clothesline, Roger. Uh, Jaron Collins, uh, Gordon Gurichik, Tom Gugliotta, Matt Harpering, Andre Karolinko. Gugliotta. <laughs> yeah, Rob uh, Raul, oh, Raul Lopez, Raul Lopez, uh, Mikey Moore. Ulster Tag was still here. Sasha Ruffin, Mo Williams. And oh I just remember, God. so you Carl Sorio takes. I'm going to let you go, uh, Dallas, with your Carl Sorio takes. How the fuck did that team win 41 games? <laughs> That's a really good question. That's one of Jerry's best coaching years. He should have won Coach of the Year. Oh, my God, definitely. I, I can't believe they gave it to um, uh, uh, the Grizzlies coach, Shuby Brown, oh, that year. Oh, my God, right? Like, the Grizzlies were good. But what 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 Jerry did... Was just he turned? I can't believe he turned that into gold. It's it's crazy. He, he took a trash heap and made the playoff team. It's I mean, incredible. Yeah, I I they saw, were like, weren't they like one game away? That's yeah. yeah you look at they, that roster and you're like, oh my actually, god. Tied the Nuggets that year, but actually lost the tiebreaker. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't even one game away. They were. I mean, I guess they were basically one game away, but. They yeah, tied we're, the we're a, yeah, we're a win against the Nuggets away from the playoffs. Damn. Yeah. And um uh, uh I mean that 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 team a lot of people thought we were gonna win less than eight games. I, I wanna say Kant and Pervious, um, uh, he tweeted out that that year that jazz team, the over under was twenty three and they beat it by eighteen games. Wait a know? minute. So who's in the draft the next year? So if Jerry had actually not coached well that who would we have got? <laughs> right. Uh, LeBron James. <laughs> Uh, no. no, 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 no. That that 2003 was LeBron James' year. So, yeah. who yeah. was in the 04 draft? 
I don't even know. It seems like a forgettable draft. God, LeBron James on the Jazz would be ridiculous. <laughs> that would have been so ridiculous, man. That would have been crazy. I like, I like, coaching I like, LeBron James would have been the greatest thing ever. I'm sorry. So um, He would have been gone after seven years, but who cares? We would have had seven years of LeBron. Right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we can't, can't ask more than that. One championship, at least. Uh, I think we... I mean, Jerry coaching LeBron? Yeah, I think I think that's possible. I uh, I know it is, son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the Dwight what? Howard draft, 2004. Yes. Dwight yes. Howard. I mean, He's the Jazz. The league. How the fuck? <laughs> the Jazz did get the fifth pick of that draft. Devin Harris on their team for a little bit. Uh, and true. Al Jefferson. And Al Al Jefferson the 15th pick. So that's I mean, full circle. Pick. Dwight Howard in the post. Oh. Part of it. No um, regrets. I loved Al Jefferson. Oh, Big Al. Oh, we should have the. Well, we'll talk about Big Al team another time. Um, but yeah, this team was great because uh, Andre Kirilenko. This is the year that he he went and got his max contract. And okay, you, we all, you have to promise we also talk about Big Al's bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking giant bed. Just, re- just remember it. Um, uh, so besides Andre Kirilenko, like, um, uh, was there anybody else that you guys thought um, uh, was really key on this team? That um, uh, Matt that Harpring. Matt Harpring had a good year that year. Uh, you know, he went he from did. being like what fourth banana to you know uh, the locker room leader and second banana. I think it was probably Matt Harpring's best year in a in a Jazz. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. It might have it might have earned him a harping a, a little bit extra scratch on his uh, next uh, extension. The earned that, him a uh, broadcasting degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Pretty uh, much. I hate him. Sorry. I, I just like I, give me any. I'm not a fan of him as a broadcaster. I mean, oh he does a God. decent job, but he's just so annoying. Exactly. Like it's good enough to tolerate him, but annoying if you're a hardcore jazz fan. For me, on that team, Carlos Arroyo was so frustrating. Um, like the <laughs> I mean, this start, yeah, this it's Carlos this Arroyo. out of place. Carlos Arroyo started the um, uh, the craving of Jazz fans who just wanted a point. I mean, they had John Stockton for the last twenty years. And and they're so, like, f this guy, f Trey this guy. Burke oh, no. was oh, a fan favorite because of Carlos Arroyo. Yeah, like, just and, like, like Carlos Arroyo. I agree Carlos with Arroyo that. Had a year that year. <laughs> and everybody thought, oh my God, we found it. We have another, like, it only, it only took them like oh half God. a season for jazz fans to like jump on this bad wagon going, Carlos Arroyo, future NBA All-Star. You know what was wild to me is that people like did a data wipe of their Darren Williams memories after he left. Right. Just play. We haven't had a good point guard since Stockton. <laughs> I'm just like, what? No. Like, like he yeah. did. <laughs> Darren Williams. Some, some who people, lived man. In the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so Carlos, uh, Carlos Arroyo, he's, he's the one that just annoys me on this team. Like I said many disparaging things about Carlos Arroyo and as his time with the tenure as a jazz man, uh, Goran Gerichek, who eventually became Kyle Korver. That was nice. That was neat. Oh, um, dude, uh, discount Carl Korver. Discount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just, just not the as good. Like, you know, like, Desert Industries of Kyle Gorver. I was going to say Kirkland brand. Like you, you could definitely taste the difference in uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic yeah, Oak like versus a, new coat. Definitely a great value brand, Carlos. <laughs> I remember, I remember Mo Williams being pretty good that year. I don't know if there was injuries. He like was, Mo Williams, dude. 
And the fact that the Jazz couldn't keep him after, I just like, oh man, like it seems like a missed opportunity that we didn't get, you know, prime Mo Williams and the Cavaliers did. And wow. um, uh, uh, finally, Sasha. And then we got him back after that, and it's like yeah. random. I mean, it was a it was a dark it was a dark ages for Jazz, and, and again, it was like, you know, as soon as the well, Jazz lose a good point guard, well, they were just we trading back because because. Because Boozer screwed him, so he could just sign with us. Like f you guys. <laughs> oh, that Boozer! Like I can't wait to talk about that team because I mean that was the craziest. Like, like learning more and more about it as the years went on. But man, that was a great offseason for the Jazz. Um, man, honestly, I want Carlos Boozer to like come on a broadcast here and discuss like why he gave the finger to Dan Gilbert, and I'm like. Well, why wouldn't you give the <laughs> finger to Dan Gilbert? Like that guy is a piece of trash. <laughs> I mean, to to me, it, just, I, I, it doesn't even seem personal. It just felt like, hey, there's a chance to make, you know. It, I don't think it was personal. I, I yeah, no, I think it was extra but, whatever no, but you, you know the story about how they they Cleveland was stupid and they had they had control, but then yeah, they waived oh, no, it that's because what I'm saying. That's because what I'm saying. Like, he gave, Carlos Boozer gave his word, and then was just like, like this, it. I'm getting the bag. Like. Right, like yeah, that, 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 and yeah, I'm getting exactly. out of Cleveland. I, I know that Cavs. I, I know that saying. Well, when you say give, give the um, a finger to Dan Gilbert, uh, I was just like, I don't. I think it just was like, oh, hey, there's a chance for me to make six times my salary somewhere else. I'm going to do that because I'm an athlete and I need to make that money. So, yeah, uh, yeah my he, friend. He was uh, he was always about the paper, man. Carlos was good. like all about <laughs> it. So was and. Uh, I think as long as you can accept that for some players, that should be fine. Like, like all right, I always do that. Carl Guzer was the guy that was going to chase money. Good. And that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I know. But I was, like, happy to get to get him out of here, though. Like, when he signed with the well, Bulls, I, mean, I was, like, I think everybody huge relief. Happy. I think, I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, if the Jazz didn't have Paul Millsap waiting in the wings, right. were they happy to let somebody go for nothing, you know? So Yeah. Um, uh, Pavlovich, I was on that team, the Jazz first-round pick. And one of these, like, you know, international guys that could shoot and hopefully play small forward. I think Jazz fans were hoping that he'd be me, but he got stolen in the Charlotte uh, Bobcats um, uh, expansion draft um, and never really became anything. Which but player like, was that again? Sasha Pavlovich. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Play of the year. Oh, yeah. has, I mean, the Jazz Jazz fans will ha- always have high hopes over any like draft pick, really. So, wait. I mean, Anytime, anytime somebody mentions a Sasha, that just makes me think of Sasha on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a different, different Sasha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we talked about like a lot of memories, a lot of a lot of the O three team. Uh, that oh man, this is a crazy episode. It's a fun Carl ride. Loser. Right. Oh man, like um, uh, it's hard. You, you got to create jazz content. Saul Palace memories. Yeah, Saul Palace, um, uh, punching punching out band members. <laughs> yeah, beat that beat that guy up. Mm. He's um, a totally trumpet player. I'm hoping Adam Silver um uh, gets that island so we can have basketball people. So I just want to see NBA teams play on this deserted <laughs> island. <somewhere. laughs> I think you're confusing Adam Silver with the with freaking uh, Dana White. Like, I think <laughs> I mean, I, they, they should all go to different islands. Like go find a whole group of islands. And then, like, let us fly them out. I, I can't believe there isn't an NBA player who has bought their own island yet. Like, like what the hell, dude? Like, you I'll guys sure, are rich enough. Are we sure <laughs> no one has it? Like, 
I don't know. I don't know what real estate dealings these guys have. I'm sure I would. I would cool. think Magic Johnson has to has like twenty islands. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as I mean, rich as that guy is. The, the first rule of buying an island is you don't talk about buying an island. You don't tell people you have islands. <laughs> oh, that's 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 very true. Yeah, don't don't advertise that you have a private island. Then, because then then everybody's like, occupy Michael Jordan's private island. <laughs> like. <laughs> They're gonna do an Occupy Wall Street protest on your private island. <laughs> oh boy! I shouldn't have told them about my new customers. Uh, Cayman Islands account. All right, uh, Dallas. I'm gonna hit up your podcast again. What is it all about? And like, and and tell us the big and reiterate the big news that you just got. Well, we've been joined by the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, and it's the Bad Motivators Podcast. So if you're interested in that. Check us out. Uh, when did you When did you start podcasting, and what was your last episode about? Three years ago, and it was about um, the new comic book series. Ah, all right. Uh, Star Wars comic book series. The, um, the Doctor. Uh, the Doctor Astor or Doctor? I don't know. I can't remember. Doctor Afra? No, yeah, not that one. No. <laughs> oh, did they did they launch a new one? No, um, the main series from 2020, in between oh, okay. um, Empire and Jedi. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Dallas, what are, what are you? How how are you handling quarantine? How are you handling self isolation? I should say. The best I can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's, it's been about a month. And, I uh, have teenagers, so it's a little ooh. bit easier, but at the same time, harder. Right. I mean, as I say, I'm a, like, like little kids. I'm a, you can keep them in a little bit. You can give them the trampoline, but like teenagers, these are the ones that are like, hey, we're old enough to go out. We're old exactly. enough to make Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't have God. kids. I just so assume. hard. <laughs> so hard. Um, uh, little well, gods are easier than older kids. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I'm. Uh, um, I won't say it. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if you ever talk about Star Trek Picard, I can come on and talk with you. But um, oh, uh, let's do that. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, uh, Jared, um, uh, what do you got going on here? Um, uh, like, so funny story. We were, we had planned to do this podcast on eight thirty, and Jared had actually died, and we found him around <laughs> ten o'clock. Luckily, um, we were able to record this podcast still tonight. How you doing, Jared? Well, I actually am deceased. He's still so, deceased. Oh. He, he dead. <laughs> he's not drunk like me. <laughs> he's he's drunk on power. Uh, oh, dude, I was I was so freaking tired. I, I did not sleep. I told I you you sleep asleep. last night. Yeah, <laughs> you fell asleep. You fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Jared, if you're asleep, I need you to wake up right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that. I was like, damn you. I was like, <laughs> he knows me too well. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't, again, so I didn't can... sleep like all last night. I slept like an hour and then woke up and it was up all freaking night. And then I had a job interview. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, well, happy birthday, bud. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you had a good birthday. How old are you now? 34. 34. 34. Welcome. Yes. Well, welcome to the club. I'm the same age as Anne. Suck it, Anne. She won't. I mean, listen. wait a minute. That she sounds terrible. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, again, thanks to Dallas. I'm uh, at Tarkin Tangents. That's the Bad Motivators podcast. Can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Jared, go to Distance 49. Nice. Um, uh, what you been thinking about? Anything, anything people would be interested in? Pick threes or anything? Uh, you know, I wanted 
I wanted to tweet tweet out our. I mean, just even though it's not March anymore, we'll still just do our Simpsons gag bracket. That seems All like right. that could be fun. Good way to yeah. pass the time. We're gonna have to find a podcast to put it on because um, I don't know if jazz fans care about Simpsons yeah, content. Uh, yeah, yeah I we'll know. figure it out. Um, uh, we'll figure that we out. We do have but... to. We do have to figure that out for sure. <laughs> Um, uh, you can follow me at Who Superman at Jazz High Notes. Uh, I'm in the middle of a current player draft with 36 other people right now. It's getting a little crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, my first three. Who picks, are you selecting? I got. I took Donovan at 22. My second round pick was oh, nice. uh, SGA. I know. Yeah, homerism. And he's still, you know, at 22. I think he's no, 22. no. I think it's a good value. So my my, my backup is my my backcourt is Donovan and SG, SGA, and then oh, that's uh, really nice. My center is Jared Allen, and I've traded down. I'm hoping um, a bunch of my picks just went though, so trading down probably hurt me. But let's see. Um, uh, let's see who I get in the fourth and fifth round here. Um, uh, yeah, and so um, uh, follow me, and um, uh, want to say thanks to the Unwrapped Sports Network. We're uh, part of the Unwrapped Sports um, uh, Partner Podcast. So yeah, unwrapped. All right. We will catch you guys later, and see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.